Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Allie with the Hollywood Life Podcast. So I'm so excited. The book is finally here. Um, and I've been deep in reading it. And oh, what are you up to? Um, I'm on chapter, I think, nine. Yeah, I have it on my Kindle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, and- you're almost finished. I think it's only like, was it 11 chapters? 12? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, so I'm absolutely loving it. And I love just so much of the advice that you give so much of the female empowering um mm-hmm. words that you have and, and and that we got a taste of in season one of the show um but has definitely shows that you know since you've been writing this since 2017 it's who you are it, i'm literally the most direct person on the planet you know <laughs> and my book is the same way i say it all what i did right what i did wrong you know yeah um, and so just tell me a little bit about, you know, you started writing this in 2017 and have developed it over the years, released obviously in 2022. How has yeah. the story like molded? Well, the, the reason that it took me so long is because, you know, I worked 20 hour days on my other job. Right. So I wrote the book very sporadically. I wrote it at nights on weekends while everyone else was vacationing, like so that's why it took so long because it would be like a little spurt of writing here, a little spurt of writing there. I'd write in the summertime. Like when I wasn't doing all my other jobs of running the EWG and yeah. filming the Netflix show and all the other stuff, that's when I would write my book. So that's why it took so long. Yeah. And you did it before the show was even really. Oh, up. yeah. Oh, way before the show. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about like why you decided to write the book even prior to having like the Netflix platform that you do now? Right. Well, the the show and the book are very different. The show is about my present defined by my past. Mm. The book is my story. It's my past. Yeah. You know, in the show, you just get little snippets, little tiny morsels. In the book, you get the whole full story as you've seen. So it's very, very different. And I started writing the book after I became creative director of La Perla Because until then, I didn't want to tell my story because I didn't want to be defined by it. Totally. Yeah. Um, I wanted people to know what I was capable of before I told them what had been done to me. I divide my life into like two different parts. When I was in my community, it's what was done to me. Since I've left, it's what I've accomplished. And... When, after I became creative director of La Pearl and people started seeing a little bit of what I'm capable of, I felt that it was a story I had to write because I thought to myself, look, if my whole life is about fighting for freedom, right? And my, like, even the laundry or the shoes, it was always about freeing women from the pain of suffering for beauty, eradicating this concept, 
that comfort is a dirty word in fashion, like all these kinds of things. It's always been about freedom. And so I thought to myself, this is a book that has to be written because if I, at 42 years old, without any education, without knowing a single human being in the outside world, could do this in such a short time period, anyone can. Yeah. And I felt that it was a responsibility to write the book. And that's why I'm so open and honest in it as well. It's because if I sugarcoat things, if I only tell you all the good bits, then someone trying to fight for their freedom will say, oh, well, it was so easy for Julia. She didn't make mistakes. And that wouldn't, that wouldn't help anyone. I needed to show people that it was messy and confusing and frightening and that I made mistakes, but I just wouldn't give up. And I just pushed forward. And I think, I think that to me is the purpose of this book. I want people to read this book and write their own story. Mm -hmm. And I think one of my favorite things that you say and you tell, and you had told me this in our last interview as well, was just about how the fact that you, when you came out of Muncie, you didn't really know anything about this business that you've entered. And so you didn't know right. what, whether ask, just asking Tommy Hilfiger point blank, hi, can you like teach me how to do fashion production for just a second, Art Basel? Exactly. Like you didn't know that that was maybe not, not the thing to do. Exactly. And I think thinking that way and, and telling people to kind of cast aside status quo and just hustle, is a really important lesson. I've oh, definitely. I think my my cluelessness was part of my strength. Yeah. Because I didn't have preconceived notions of how it was done. Right. I thought of how it should be done. Yeah. And I also didn't. I also didn't think I knew everything. So I asked questions and I stretched my mind. And I think. And the other thing is, you know, I didn't realize what a crazy endeavor was. Right. I didn't know enough about the industry. Right. So I was like, hey, if I can travel from the 18th century to the 21st century, I can start a shoe brand, sure. Yeah, you're like, I have some good ideas. I know I'm a woman, I wear shoes. Yeah, exactly, and that was it. And so it's my ignorance that actually gave me the courage to do the things that I did next. Right, um, and then I, the story is about your parents, you know, and I like how you say that the show is a snippet of your life. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. show really everything that you went through to even get into Muncie and how right. you came there. And it's really interesting to see how your parents felt as though they were leaving something super evil and restricting and terrible for something that maybe offered them a better life. Right. But then they go into another place that's evil, and not evil, of course, well, I don't want to say restrictive. That's just restrictive and controlling. controlling. To me, that's my only explanation is that they grew up needing an ism. Uh -huh. They grew up being told what to do. They grew up thinking that the individual doesn't matter and that there's some higher power, whether it was Stalin or Brezhnev or communism, right. someone knew better. And so they went in search, and when communism betrayed them and they became massive anti-communists, they went searching for another ism, another ism that had just as many rules that you never had to think of what the right thing was to do because someone was gonna tell it to you. 
You know, I, I think I write this story in my book that I was in Brighton Beach and this man was complaining about how much he misses Russia. And I was so shocked because my parents hate Russia. Right. They, I've never heard them say one nice thing about Russia. So I'm looking at this guy like, what the, you like, why, what is it that you miss? And you know what he tells me? He says, I miss not having to make decisions. With freedom comes confusion and fear and the unknown. A lot of people don't like the unknown. Right. They want a rule book. They want a guideline. They want someone else to tell them what to do. And communism did that. And the extreme form of ultra-Orthodox Judaism does that. And yeah. so to them, they just took one ism and switched it for another. Right. And it's interesting to me because your mom seems like such a powerhouse. Like when she oh, went in front of genius. the party and was like, you can't take my husband away from me. I'll kill myself. And, you know, this future communist baby and, you know, all of this stuff. She seems like such a powerhouse. So why do you think that she was able to then go and live under this control still versus the, what you did? The, the only thing that makes sense, again, the only thing that makes sense to me is that she was brought up that you need to suffer and martyr yourself for a cause. So she literally chose a religion that would be the most difficult for her. That's the only thing that makes sense. What? Yeah. And she needed to be a martyr. Like, and throughout my life, like my mother liked to suffer. Do you know what I mean? She wanted to suffer for a cause. Mm. Gave her strength and purpose. And then the other thing is, Again, she was so used to everything being set out for her. As brilliant as she was, she liked rules. Mathematician wanted just someone to tell her what to do in terms of life, right? And so she chose a religion that, again, she doesn't have to decide anything. And I think you know, there's a lot of power in religion and a lot of beauty in religion if you don't take it to the extreme. Right. And one of the things that all religions do is that they give meaning and purpose to events. Any religion gives people strength because it says this is happening for a reason. Yeah. So when my brother, my five-year-old brother was killed in a car accident, um, she survived that by being told that this is God's will and that this child was a, a recycled soul that needed to fix something that he had done wrong in his first life. And so she was this righteous woman who was given this gift of God of having this child for the few years his soul needed to be saved. And so that takes a, a, an unendurable tragedy. Something, I mean, none, no mother wants to even can see, I mean, it's, it's, you can't live, I mean, how do you live, it's so, you know, it's, I can't even say the words, it's so horrible, but it made it with purpose. Right. It gave it meaning. He didn't just die for nothing. Mm -hmm. And so that's religion. It gives you purpose. It yeah. gives you meaning. It tells you that there's a plan and that there's someone directing traffic and there's stop signs and red lights and green lights. So you're not driving around haphazardly hoping no one will hit you. It's that feeling of security that someone else knows better. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I do think that that's obviously, like you said, really important as long as it's not to the extreme. I have a a friend who is a um, therapist for addicts and she always says that believing in something, it doesn't even have to be religion, just believing in something higher than you is one of the best ways to get through it. And, And when the addicts look at her and they're like, no, that's not true. She said, go to the ocean and ask the waves to stop. Yeah. Try to make the waves stop. They won't. And like that's, you know, the, that's what she well, I mean, to do. Exactly. I think, you know, all the AAs, I've read a little bit about this, not, you know, so much, but um, it's like you have no uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, my son, before he became irreligious, when he was still kind of deciding, he said, yeah, but Ema, mom, right? He's like, but your way of life you don't have all the answers. And to him, that was a negative. And I told him, no, Shlomo, that's a positive. Not having all the answers means you keep asking the questions. Mm-hmm. Means you keep building and creating and inventing because you know you don't have all the answers. I think stagnation is thinking you've got all the answers. Right. And that's almost... That's that sense of righteousness and that, exactly. you know, kind of honestly like masculine toxicity. It <laughs> is. I'm sorry. Those, it's those that we know better. We're the men. We read the laws. We're going to transmit it to you women and you're put on this earth to serve us. And that's what God wants. And if you don't like it, you're a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Now in last season of the show, we saw, um, your kids and, and um, Batsheva in, in particular, a little nervous about the book to come out, a little nervous about what um, yeah. what was going to be written in it. Now that it's been out and they've gotten the opportunity to read it, and I'm sure they read the manuscript before it came out, what was their reaction? And do you feel like it's helped your relationship? Well, actually, not all of them have read it. Okay. So Shlomo, okay, so each one of them has read in a, a different form of it. Okay. Miriam read the whole book in its entirety. Shlomo really wanted to read it, but I didn't want him to read all the sex stuff because it's weird that my son should be reading sex stuff. So I took a copy of the book and I blanked out all the, you know, escapades, let's just call them. So none of that. And so he read that version. Uh-huh. So his okay. version is a very clean fourth grader version <laughs> of the book. <laughs> it's rated G. It's, it's super, super, super rated G. Um, and then um, Batsheva has not read it at all. Oh. Just like she said on the show, that she wasn't sure she was going to read it. She, and, and I thought she was never going to read it. Because she's like, Ima, I know the story. I lived through the story. Like, I, I don't, you know. And then when the book came out, she said, actually, you know what? I do want to read it. And she said, she's going to wait until she has a boyfriend so that she can have like, you know, just in case there's anything that causes her, you know, can, you know, she just wants someone to hold her hand basically. Right. You know, so she's, yeah, exactly. So she is going to read it, but she has not read it yet. And of course my baby, Aaron, is not allowed to read it. Yeah, no. Like, Aaron, wait till you're 35 and then I'll do the same. I'll send you the same copy I sent Shlomo, minus the sex stuff. That's the version you can That's for you. Exactly. That's for you. 
I love that. And I think that that's really interesting about Bacheva and, and wanting, because when I've spoken with her, we've done an interview and she said that since her split from Ben, she's been really close. You guys have gotten closer and you've really yeah. come to her support and rescue. So I think that it makes sense. You can't, you can't walk her through your, your story. Right, exactly. Yeah. She needs, yeah, exactly. And it's really true. Like she called, I mean, I mean, we've always been close and then we had that time period when it was kind of, yeah. And then now, like, my goodness, she has really, I mean, you're going to make me cry because, you know, they're just such great kids and I'm so lucky to have them. And, um, she's such a big support. Yeah. She's really lucky to have you too, especially as such a strong and empowered woman who knows what she wants. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, especially through going through what she's going through. And I honestly, I will say last season, I felt I felt like this was gonna come. I was like, she you know this. I just me knew I see, I see her. I just oh, I was interesting. Like, he's like me. Like, she needs to experience life. And like I look up to you so much. And so and I know that oh, she does too. You. And so see, having that you as a role model, like how could you not want to just see what else you can do? Yeah, exactly. And have that independence a little. And she talked to me a lot about that and, and the independence and just you teaching her to always be your own, no matter if you have a partner, to be your own person. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, they're just they're just amazing, and and I think also for her, Ben is such a good guy. I I care about him so much. You know, he's part of. He'll always be part of our hearts, and you know, we all love him. And I just think they got married at nineteen because they couldn't have sex right. without marriage. A lot of people do it. Yeah. And then of course she doesn't want to be religious anymore and he does. And it's, you know, it makes perfect sense. But I think, I think once they both find their significant others, I'm going to make a prediction that they're going to become best, like really close friends. And then he can come over again. (laughs) You know, like he's a lovely person, not, and Bacheva feels the same way. Like she does want to be his friend and he wants to be her friend. I think they just need a little time. They need to find a girlfriend and a boyfriend and then I think they can you know slowly become friends how have you been kind of helping her through the split and and just being that support you know so she stayed in my house for a couple of months um and like she's coming for lunch today um and we just you know we just talk a lot we talk you know we we hold each other's hands mm-hmm. you know um and and I think, you know, she's really out there. She's enjoying her life. She's a strong person. Um, and I think, you know, she's she's finding her way on her own, in her own way. She's a super independent, strong person, you know. Gets that from her mom. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and you know, I I want to ask, but in not like you can do it in a that yeah. everybody else is asking. Um, yeah. I more so like as somebody that loves you. Um, how is your mental health? How are you doing as an individual right now? Just in what you're going through. Um, it's been tough. I mean, you know. As you see from my book, I'm the most open person there is. I've never hidden anything in my life. I mean, it's just so painful and outrageous, especially since I worked 20 hour days and in two and a half years through COVID, I brought this company between a 500 million and $1.1 billion valuation from a $83 million valuation that couldn't even get sold at 70 million in 2018. So from 70 million to 1.1 billion and for someone's ego and you know hatred to try to demolish everything I've done and steal everything I've made is really painful. And you know, um, it's going to be a long battle. I am nowhere near. I'm not going to stop fighting until the truth gets told. Because the reality is, I have so much proof, so much documentation, and. Of course, what we did just now was a very short emergency thing where, you know, we were inundated with things. And so, and it's not, it's a partial ruling. Like she hasn't even ruled what I do own. Right. Um, so, and, and then we'll just keep fighting. This is just the beginning. I'm not going to stop until the truth comes out. Yeah. And anyone who knows me knows what I've done. Uh, and so, um, I'm never going to stop fighting, but has it been easy? Of course not. It, it's extremely painful. And, um, you know, it's really fun to tell you something very funny that I haven't told anyone on any podcast yet. Yeah. Um, the, there was like a very, you know, the day when that partial ruling came out, which says what uh, the judge thinks I don't have, but doesn't say what I do have, meaning right. she could say 49.9%. She could say anything until she writes the ruling. We just don't know. Um, and then she put in this whole thing about how I can still sue for damages and this, that, and the other. So there's a lot that hasn't been told yet Correct. that we can't find out until she actually writes her decision. Correct. And so it was a very dark day for me. I felt like I've worked so hard. I've come so far. I've done everything right. I've never taken a penny that doesn't go. Well, that doesn't have anything to do that. That was just 50-50, but right. just in general, like all these crazy accusations. And I felt despair. Yeah. I really did. I felt despair. And then this incredible woman named Ellen, literally it's totally from like, I believe in God still. I, I'm spiritual, not religious, you know? Yeah. It was, she was my angel. She was really my angel and um, she got COVID and she had these tickets to this show called SUFFS about the women's suffragette movement. Okay. And she could have given them to anybody, anybody. But for some reason, she texted me and said, hey, you know, got COVID, can't go. Would you like these tickets? I mean, she has thousands of friends. She could have given them to any person on the planet. And I go and I see the show that same night. No, it was no, it was like two. Yeah, it was that weekend. Um, and so, like, I guess it happened on Thursday. And I think I went to the show on, 
either Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember, Friday, I don't remember. Anyway, and it's the story of the suffragettes. And it's, you know, they fought and they fought and they were, they were jailed and they were accused of being seditionists and they were accused of being um, traitors and they were vilified and attacked and, and demolished in the press. And I mean, so much hatred. Yeah. And there's this moment where they're sitting in a prison cell being force fed because they were on a starvation protest. Right. And they didn't give up. And I walked out of that show renewed, determined. And I said to myself, Julia, men have been abusing women and taking advantage of us, stealing our ideas, taking credit for our work forever. It is a long battle. I've been fighting it since I walked out the door of my community. And watching this woman reenact the scene in this jail cell, I reminded myself that my fight has just started. Yeah. I am not giving up. I am not going to stop. I am not going to quit until the truth comes out. And that's it. And so Ellen, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but thank you. You were my angel. Yeah. And um, she, she really gave those, that show was, God put it there right when I needed it most. Yep. Absolutely. I, I couldn't believe in any of that more. And also just that I know that your, your truth will come out in time. Yes, it will. Maybe next month or this month or three months, but it will come out and people will see what has been done to me. And, um, yeah, I love that. And I love, um, being at a show that would, that renewed your spirit. I, I'm such a big Broadway person. And I think that that is what they're there for. Or yeah. And I think it's like my book or my TV show, a story can change your life. Yes. A story can give someone strength. A story can give someone courage. A story can give someone a renewed sense of purpose and and that's what I want my book to be that was the purpose of my show and here someone else's story inspired me I hope my story inspires others mm -hmm. and I love that you posted I think you had done a Michelle Obama quote about they go low we go high and I just I think that that's the best way to do and it seems like that is what you're doing I'm not I you see I don't talk to press nope. about it at all nope nothing and you know what and yeah, is it going to hurt me in the short term? Yes, because it's all his side of the story. And I'm not going back out there being like, whoa, he did this and that. That's not my way. And I'm not going to do it. Yep. I, I want the truth to come out. And it's maybe a battle. I would have liked it to be a short one. Clearly, it's not going to be. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to stop fighting because I have the proof. I have the truth on my side. I mean, there are... All of our tax returns say 50-50 ownership. PPP loan applications say 50-50 ownership. Bank loan applications, immigration papers, right. so much proof, so much. So, you know, sometimes people pile such a large pile of <clears throat> that it's hard to dig through in a very short time period. But I believe once 
the whole story is told and the whole lawsuit is done, the truth will come. This was the battle, not a war. Yep. And that so gave me the renewed strength to fight the war. I love it. Um, and then season two of My Unorthodox Life has also been in process, in progress of being filmed. And how right. fun that the world has kind of opened up now that you guys are able to like do things and not be like sheltered in your Hamptons house or sheltered here, or sheltered there. Um, exactly. What can we expect this season from you and the family? Oh boy. Oh boy, uh, you can imagine. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. Um, you know, you know, you know when it was filmed. So yeah. It's always my story, it's my life. So and you're not holding back, which I love about I you. Never hold back. Love it. And that's why also it's so painful exactly what I'm being accused of. I'm like the most direct, open person on planet Earth. Right. I've never had anything in my life. Right. It's such bizarre anyway okay it's the male it's the male ego julia i blame oh, no. everything on it's, the male ego yeah it's so crazy get over it's yourself so crazy. They, yeah but you know it, it is painful because if i was a person who like was sneaky like if i'd written my book where i didn't make mistakes and i didn't own to but that's not who i am i'm the most people may like me they may hate me but i always am straightforward yeah I've never hidden anything in my life. That's my whole problem. That's why I get yelled at all the time. I get in trouble. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, the whole thing. Anyway, I it's understand. Just, I yeah. I'm feel for you. I'm rooting for you. Thank and you. And it's so lovely how many people that I thought would run away yeah. the minute they read that first article, they they don't believe it because they know me. Yeah. And that's it. And the people who know me have all stood by me. Yep. It's unbelievable. Oh. Yeah. So I'm so grateful to my friends because guess what? They're real friends. Yes. Which is the most important thing to have right now in this situation. You want your support system because that's who matters the most. Like, exactly. you know, screw the noise. Yep. Exactly. People, and that's what matters. Exactly. We just had Christine Chu on the podcast. Oh, um, I love her so much. The new episode of, uh, or the new season of Blink Empire that came out. Um, and tell me a little bit about that crossover too. She is a queen just like you. you. Know, she made a, a launch party for my book in LA. Yes, I saw. I was like, so, I was like, I emailed DeAndre. I was like, I need to go to this next time. <laughs> oh, you know what? You didn't, I'm so sorry. I didn't, you know. Oh, no, not you. Lawsuit, like I don't. But I mean, what a friend. I know. What a friend. You know, just such a lovely person. I know she really is. And she has been through it all as well. And even what we talked about with her was that, you know, at the end of this season, she was like, I'm playing the long game. You can say what you want about me. I'm taking a lot of hits, but it'll truth will come out. Yeah. And she's a good, you know, she's, good buddy. she's been such a support. Um, again, my friends have stayed my friends and I am forever grateful for that. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And this, yes, the book launch looked so fun. I'm friends with Sydney Sadek and I uh, saw that. Oh yeah. Such a, uh, yeah, so that was fun. a lot of fun. And it was so, just such a lovely gesture. Yeah. So nice. To celebrate you. Um, and what else has been going on? What do you have coming up? Um, I've got the shapewear that's coming to stores soon. And um, I'm trying to think. And, uh, you know, and then it's really, you know, fighting this fight right now 
the predominant part of my day is spent, you know, getting back what is mine. Yeah. And, you know, and, and going, and again, I'm going to do it through courts, not through the press, yeah. but you know, the truth will be out there. Yeah. Um, I know that it will. And I um, am rooting for you. You have a whole team here. Uh, yes. Thank you. you. I mean, it's so good to, I'm sorry. I see your face and I feel good because I know this is a person who knows me, yeah. who knows who I am, who will, you know, and it's just really lovely. Like, I won't forget the people who stood by me now. Don't, 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 I will never forget. Of course, I will always fight for you because you're right. I do. I know you and I know that you're, I know your heart and I know your mind and I know what a inspiration you are to so many women and women who haven't even heard your story yet. And so that's my job and making sure everyone does hear it. Thank you, my love. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Thanks for joining me today, Julia. It's so much fun. I had such a great time talking to you. Me adore you. Do you mind if I do a little intro? Because I fully forgot sure. when we um, started. So I'm just going to do like, hey guys, welcome to the Hollywood Life Podcast. We have a really special guest today. Julia yeah. already just released her book, Brazen. And you can say like, hi, thanks for having me. And then we do it. Yeah. Okay. We're fine. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's Allie from the Hollywood Life Podcast, and I have such a special guest today. I am um, honored to call her a friend and a role model to me, and she just released her new book, Brazen. So please welcome Julia Hart. Hi, Julia. Hi, it's so lovely to be on, Allie. I, I adore you so much. I, you know, thank you for being so supportive and so wonderful. I'm so excited to be here to get to talk about my book. Me too. Let's jump right in. Great. All right. Perfect. Thank you.